Welcome to the Otherworlds GG Community Cast. This is episode number 52. I what? am, yes, number 52. We have one episode a week for a whole year's worth of episodes. Took us longer to get there, but you know, hey, we're here. <laughs> yeah, that's, I am. That's a lot of that's a lot of uh, of us talking. I mean, yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, you know, I'm uh, I'm table for two. In case you all are wondering, and that other lovely voice that you hear is mollified. Welcome, buddy. Hello, hello. Yeah, I'm. I was just thinking, like, we're full of hot air. Who knew that we could go for fifty two hours plus? Ooh, boy, howdy. <laughs> <laughs> Full of hot air. Um, yeah. yeah, man. Let's jump on into all of the news that is news in the gaming realm. A lot of, a lot of things in the last couple of weeks. You know what's interesting? Before we like really jump into it, is Microsoft. I feel like has been just dumping game trailer after game trailer on their like YouTube channel as of late. Some of them, some of them are from like existing games that are like coming to their console from like other locations. But like, mm. I just feel like every every now and then, like every every week or so, I'm always looking over and there's like a new game trailer that they're posted on their YouTube channel. Um, interesting. Which has been I haven't. I don't tend to like hang out on youtube but i definitely feel like i've been seeing just a ton of of games in general being announced uh no shortage of stuff to play that's for sure well jumping right out of the gate there is a new and improved witcher 3 first person mod which includes full combat functionality um i've been seeing i've been seeing mods like this pop up from time to time there's another one for um uh wildlands um ghost recon wildlands that turns it into a first person like tactical shooter really yeah i've been i've been meaning to uh, get my hands on that one too so it's interesting to see these mods uh take take the the classic third person gameplay and put into a first person combat situation so that's pretty slick well, um, I'm interested to see it because Cyberpunk 2077, which is the same developer, obviously, as Witcher 3, uh, is first person and does have a pretty pretty robust, you know, combat. So uh, I could see that actually working pretty well with Witcher. Oh, for sure. Um, speaking of uh, interesting... <laughs> um, the GTA trilogy that got a remaster that um, Rockstar put out that was famously just terrible. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> apparently, it got a, an uh, enormous patch with a focus on texture fixes. Have you uh, have you checked this out since then? Since they've put out the I haven't. In? No, I, I kind of just, you know, wrote it off after it first came out, and I haven't paid a ton of attention, but the screenshots... Uh, you know, look, look better. So, um, I guess that's a good sign. Hopefully, you know, they'll actually give these classic games the respect they deserve and, and do a decent job with them, you know? Yeah. It's interesting when like the, when that trilogy came out, there were so many modders that were coming out of the woodworks to like fix all the stuff that rockstar couldn't, you know, apparently do themselves. It's interesting too, that modders seem to be the ones that are, really caring for the detail rather than trying just to put out a product to market um sure and and that's fantastic the community is doing that but to be clear this is also on consoles where you don't have that option Uh, right if you paid 60 bucks for this on xbox or playstation you're gonna be pissed yep uh for sure for sure um what else we got on here 
PC Building Simulator 2 uh, is coming out. I I just, I don't understand the appeal of this, but, you know, for those who enjoy it, more power to you. Uh, apparently, you're getting even more components to build your, your virtual PCs with, and there's a 30-hour career mode as part of this sequel. I don't understand. I like it. Okay. Cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I was like, wait, what? 30-hour career mode, huh? I guess you would build, like, your your small garage, you know, PC, custom PC business up to, you know, something bigger. And then, you know, fire all your employees and go out of business like the uh, PC maker out of San Francisco just did. Uh, hopefully that's not part of the game. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I I. I just have never gotten into those games, unfortunately. Let's see here. Exo Primal is a new Capcom Exo Fighters versus Dinosaurs online shooter. So you know, you're in go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, you know, looking at this, it almost feels like or it looks like a crossover between Overwatch and like um some kind of like dino horde mode thing. It it's, reminded me a little of like EDF games too, where it's yeah. just these waves and waves of enemies that you have to take out. Um, but it's five five player teams that are fighting against the hordes, but you have multiple teams and you're getting scored, I guess, based on how many dinosaurs you kill. Mm -hmm. So uh, there is that competitive aspect to it too. Um yeah, okay, interesting, a little bit different. Nice. Um Square Enix is making a new strategy RPG, but it is not Final Fantasy Tactics or Ogre Battle. Um Yeah. You know, Square Enix, I mean, I think, you know, they got the reputation as being kind of like the RPG people, right? Like they're the JRPG company. At least that's whenever I think of Square, that's what I think of. So it's interesting to see them do uh, a new thing that's not in the same genre or IP. And I'm all for that. I'm all for trying something new. I wish more companies would take risks and try new things. Yeah, I mean, this is Dayu Field Chronicle. It is a um, full 3D looking game. The screenshots look very reminiscent of um, their art style, I would say, from Final Fantasy. But uh we do there was a geforce now leak a while back and it listed uh three square enix game well fourth square enix games the chrono cross remaster which we now know is confirmed this game diofield and a final Fa fantasy tactics remaster and a tactics ogre remaster so the fact that we've now got 50 percent of that uh leak now confirmed for Square Enix games, it seems very likely that uh, we will be getting remasters of those two classic strategy titles as well, which I'm really excited about. Tactics Ogre is one of the things I'll pull out my N64 uh, to play. I love that game, so. Well, uh, we're getting a new Star Trek game, and it's uh, it's about darn time. It was it's always been interesting, like to see that we we weren't getting any new Star Trek games for like forever. It just seemed like all they were doing was dumping content into Star Trek Online, which is fine. I'm I'm not opposed to that either. But no new games, or at least no new interesting games, uh, was something that was always a sh like a, made me shrug and you know scratch my head. Uh, 
never understood it. But there's this new one called Star Trek Resurgence, which is a tall tale game, uh, right? A tell tell telltale game, whatever well, you call it. It's yeah. it's the it's the CEO of Telltale Games and a bunch of the developers from Telltale, but Telltale right. is out of business. Yeah. Right, so. right, right. So it's so it's those those people famous for the that company are working mm-hmm. on this. And what's interesting is I was watching the trailer for this and the captain of this ship looks mighty familiar to me. Who does he remind mm. you of? Um, the captain or the uh, diplomat? The captain of the ship. He's got this big old bushy mustache. He kind of almost he looks, looks like, like the guy from uh, the cartoon. Um, the, the superhero dad from Is It Invincible? Yes, yes, yes. Yes, you yes. nailed he it. Looks like you, dad. You're, you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank, thank you. Yes, he's a hundred percent. He he looks it's almost like uncanny valley. He looks just like that character. <laughs> you're like, did he did he decide to be a starship captain all of a sudden? Because that's what he looks like. He looks just like that character. And he does, uh, yeah, I'm I'm actually excited for this for a number of reasons. One thing that I really liked was is that Paramount and Viacom kind of like came back together. I guess. And, mm. and so now they can use the full IPs from this. Cause the star Trek license got kind of split up into multiple directions. Unfortunately, now it's all back under one banner again. So they can do stuff with the, um, like the TNG era Trek. And so this takes place in like the star Trek TNG movie era style, um, like the Deep Space Nine later seasons, you know, they've got that that gray uniform with like the red undershirts or the colored mm-hmm. undershirts. So it's um it's very much from that genre, which is one of my favorite genres of, of Trek. And um, yeah, uh, they I'm, describe it as is twenty three eighty the era immediately following uh, Next Generation in the timeline. So uh, definitely in that that Deep Space Nine uh, kind of era. And it, and it uh, heavily has Spock in it. So Spock plays a role in this game, too. Obviously not being voiced by, you know, the original uh, The person. late Leonard Nimoy, yeah. Correct. But, but uh, really cool. I, I'm We're spending a little time on this just because I'm a little excited. I'm a little excited for anything new that is not being put into Star Trek Online, so... What what surprised me was, you know, a lot of times these Telltale games, you had two or three dialogue choices. and Quite frankly, like I'm thinking of um, The Wolf Among Us, which is a fantastic uh, adaptation or or version of the comic book. Um, The choices didn't really matter. If you replayed the game, you realized how shallow of an impact the choices you made had on the story other than two or three major, uh, major choices. And in this game, the video, the trailer shows a couple places where you have six choices of dialogue. So you know, it sort of suggests that hopefully you'll be getting some more uh, meaningful impact on the story as you make these choices throughout the game. Yeah, it's a pretty exciting more fun stuff. to replay. You know? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Definitely looking forward to that one. Uh, Fallout 76 falls victim to alien invasions. We talked about this in our last new show, and it's finally here. So yes. there it is. Interestingly, the Bethesda is working on a five-year roadmap for Fallout 76. They're kind of doubling down on it and saying they're going to keep developing it and keep uh, improving it. So I guess that's 
great news for fans of the game. I kind of wonder if Fallout 76 is going to become... Uh, I wonder if they're starting to shift mold it into being more of the Fallout version of Elder Scrolls Online. That's where I'm kind of wondering I, I, if they're going with that. I think it's a safe bet. Um, Fall, or, um, Elder Scrolls Online, when it came out on PC originally, was a flop. And they retooled it and ported it to consoles and made it successful uh and kind of brought it back from the dead and i feel like they're trying to recreate that uh with fallout 76 um although obviously it was on console from the beginning but you know they added voice speaking uh human npcs which was not something the game had at launch they've added a ton of interesting content like alien invasions uh so, you know, the fact they're talking about a five-year roadmap really does uh, bode well for it. Yep. What do we got next? Uh, let's see. Resident Evil 2, 3, and 7, which are the not the most recent Resident Evil game, but, but the last three that have been released, because um, they did remasters of 2 and 3, are getting a bunch of upgrades, including ray tracing support, uh, 3D audio, and on consoles, they're getting higher frame rates because they used to be locked at 30 or 60 FPS. So, you know, I guess this they're using a common engine for this, so it's easy for them to, you know, they do it once, they get it for all three games. So that's kind of cool. Also, the Resident Evil 4 VR version is getting the game's original Mercenaries multiplayer mode added to it. So apparently somebody at Capcom's a big Resident Evil fan and decided to go back and and treat us to some upgrades on these games. Nice. If you're into them, of course. I, <clears throat> I pants pooping terror is how I would describe my experience of playing resident evil seven in PSVR because the horror stuff is so much more immersive when you're in it in VR and you can just look around. I, I couldn't make it through the first 15 minutes of the game. I swear to God, I just it I am not good with horror to begin with. And it just freaked yeah. me the hell you out. Know, and, and not playing Alien Isolation in VR, Alien Isolation gives me pause at times. <laughs> so you can imagine you know, in VR how much it would be, right? You know, and you and you want to know the thing that's the scariest the most is mm. not to me. It's not the alien because it's just like it's it's the evil I'm, I, I'm aware of. Like, I know, like, if I get caught by the alien. It's all them damn Joes. The Joes mm. are what are, are the freaky things. Like those things freak me out straight up. Like <laughs> don't get caught by a Joe. That's like, yeah. Well, anyway. that's, that's a good thing about playing uh, aliens fire team is you get to shoot the Joes. Yeah. All through the game. Oh so yeah. Yeah. I get my revenge. work out some of that tension. All right. What do we got on a, on a sadder note? Uh, XCOM two is losing its multiplayer and challenge mode on PC. Um, I, I, I forget how old XCOM two is. It's, it's now coming up on, I think it was 10 years. Am I right about that? Am I crazy? It's, it's been around for a little while now. Yeah uh yeah 2012 so yeah 10 years and so they're they're shutting down the multiplayer servers which you know i can understand after 10 years but the game is still actively played by a lot of folks so i'm a little surprised all right hopefully the community will come up with a way to to i i back in i'm sure they will knowing knowing the throughout the years how communities do that Mm -hmm. well especially xcom too yeah. All right. Uh, 
I'm not as familiar with this next one. Um, the Battle Bros get free DLC, adding two new factions. Note that this is actually DLC, so you'll need to visit Steam Store to redeem it. Yeah, I, you know, the the folks behind Battle Brothers have a really interesting business model. Six years in, they're still doing free content for the game. Um, but they have, I think, about $50 worth of supporter packs where you basically get, you know, a banner for your for your Battle Brothers uh, for 10 bucks, kind of thing. So if you're feeling generous, you can certainly give them more money, but they're going to give you free content either way, which I think is is pretty cool. Well, in our last news show, we talked about, uh, what was it, um, um, that other Ubisoft game, the Skull and Bones or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the pirate uh, world you know, They say that it's still in development, and I talked about it. It'd be nice to know if they're still working on Beyond Good and Evil 2. Well, come to find out, apparently it's still in pre-production after all of these years. Um, wow. Come, yeah, come, come t- this is coming from like a Bloomberg report um, saying that... Uh, it's still in pre-production, and um, you know the the game had rumors of a sequel because the original game came out in what two thousand three, and um, you know they were talking about a sequel way back as far as two thousand eight, but we finally saw like something revealed back in E three of twenty seventeen and in E three of twenty eighteen. They were talking it big during both of those E threes, and then we got nothing after twenty eighteen. And uh, come to find out, this is as uh, recent as February, uh, there was this report from Bloomberg at still in pre-production. I, I, I feel like they rebooted the art style at least twice on the game uh, over the years. So maybe that's why it's still pre-production. They haven't settled on the aesthetic of it. I don't know. They did that huge, heavy-hitting like trailer that was ridiculously awesome and very mm-hmm. detailed. If they're changing it up from that, then oh my god! Like, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. But worth noting, uh, the original Beyond Good and Evil Two did get an HD remaster at some point. Uh, you can go get it from the Xbox Store, uh, Steam Store, wherever. I don't remember this being announced or discussed or or anything. Am I? Does that ring a bell for you? I, I happened upon it one day, but. I don't remember um, that ever being being announced. So the so you're talking about the original uh, Beyond Good and Evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember them. I remember it was announced that uh, like it, it was like a brief thing. It was just like it came and went really quickly. That hey, we're doing this HD thing. Okay. And then it was like yeah, Hi. I. It, you know, you can if you want to go back and play the original, which still holds up surprisingly well, uh, considering it's 20 years old. Uh, you can do it at least in HD. So, uh, speaking of bringing games back from the dead, uh, Dead Space uh, is getting a reboot, and we found out that that will be coming in 2023. So, uh, something to look forward to next year. Yeah, yeah. And uh, TMNT Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is getting a Kawabunga collection of 13 retro games on. PC, Xbox, all the systems, but it is coming to Game Pass day day one. So, uh, something to look forward to if you remember fondly some of those Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle games. Uh, certainly, the arcade game is one of the the classics. Uh, Turtles in Time, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, <clears throat> Gotham Knights gets October release date. So if you're uh, wondering when, there you go. October 25th, it looks like it's going to get a release date um, for the Xbox Series and Xbox One. There you go. And it's coming out on PlayStation and PC as well at the same time. And no one cares about those. Huh. I'm just kidding. No, that's really good. Um, and speaking of really good, I've always been a fan of the Lego games, so I'm really looking forward to Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga, and uh, they're going to be releasing Mandalorian, Rogue One, and Bad Batch DLC packs for that game, so I'm really excited about that. I kind of hope they also go back in and add in Lego Star Wars 3 to the mix, which was all the Clone Wars stuff. I really mm. feel like I really feel like that deserves to be recognized because I really liked the Lego Star Wars three a lot. That was a lot of fun too. So, and yeah, um, sure seems like they could add that as as a big like expansion pack. Even I, I would hope so. I, I know that they're focusing on the Skywalker saga, but it'd be nice to see it as like an expansion pack, like you said, as an add on thing later. Like here's a whole slew of other stuff. And speaking of Star Wars, there there was this really awesome. Did you watch this trailer by the way for this game? Oh yeah. yeah. There's this there's this beautiful trailer for this game that's supposed to be coming out by Quantic Dreams called, um, called Star Wars Eclipse. And it was it was so impressive that people were wondering if there was a new movie coming. It was it looked beautiful. But if you're looking forward to this game, don't hold your breath because it'll be 2027 and 2028 roughly when this game is supposed to launch. So yeah are, are, are we still going to be alive then i thought the apocalypse was scheduled for 2024 yeah or, or I, I, I sure feels like it the way the world's been lately but uh yeah Oof. yeah uh interesting one day one day uh back for blood which is the left for dead style uh spiritual successor i guess is the the term i'll use uh, is getting a major DLC called Tunnels of Terror, and that will be out in April, so look for that. And uh, another kind of retro collection, Pac-Man Museum Plus is bringing 14 Pac-Man titles back. Uh, this is going to be out on all the systems. It's going to be in Game Pass as well. But one of the, the highlights of this is some of these will be online uh, multiplayer. So oh, cool. they they did go back and add that. Um, and you can play some of them local co-op as well. Uh, but a few of them do have an online mode. So I thought that was pretty cool. Nice. Uh, the fact that there are 14 Pac-Man games is, was a bit of a surprise to me. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you think back Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man, there was the... And then the all of his kids. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh god. And there's the horrible 3D adventure games that they did. Um so I uh, yeah, uh, it looks like a decent collection though. Why don't you why don't you talk take this next one? All right. So, do you like pinball? I do. So, um you're going to All right. So let's talk about Pinball FX3's new Indiana Jones DLC. Um, it's kind of pricey. <laughs> uh, apparently, you know, if you get the Pinball FX, if I'm not mistaken, the Pinball FX thing is uh, is a is a free thing, and then you like buy stuff for it. If I'm not mistaken, I, I believe yeah, is how that yeah. Works. They they have I think one table included in the base game that's just something that that the right. developer made up, Zen Studios made up. 
Yeah, and then, then you can, can buy it. And a lot of people, a lot of, and a lot of people have built like physical tables around this kind of stuff, you know, too, to be able to use these kind of things with like real tables, but like in a digital, like on a digital display, but with like real buttons and such like that. Um, mm -hmm. But this new Indiana Jones DLC that's coming out is going to be uh, fifteen dollars for this single table for this pinball uh, FX three. Um, yeah, it, by comparison, because maybe uh, for those not familiar. There was an Aliens pack, which obviously is a licensed property similar to Indiana Jones, similar time frame. And that came with uh, three tables and all the licensed sound effects, voice effect, you know, voice uh, clips and things. And that was three tables for 10. So one table for 15 is is a really, really expensive option. Yeah. Uh, one cool thing that a lot of people may not realize is the Xbox version is cross-buy with PC. So you can go get the Pinball FX game from the Windows Store or the Microsoft Store uh, on Windows 10 or 11. And then you, if you buy the DLC, it's, it's unlocked on both Xbox and PC that way. So otherwise, you, you, you know, if you buy it on Steam, you don't get it on Switch or on PlayStation or on Xbox, uh, for example. Maybe that adds a little bit of value. Maybe, a little bit. Um, but moving on to specific Xbox and PC news. Um, Total War Warhammer 3 data miners find voice files for Chaos Dwarves, which is pretty cool. I think a lot of people are excited for that. Yeah, I mean, um, neat, neat. That they're, the thought is that's going to be a DLC uh, faction at some point. So. Yeah, and I really like, and I really like too how they have handled the Total War Warhammer games because they all kind of like work together. And yes, uh, yes, you know, I really think that's pretty slick. So yeah, keep well, and that if you up. bought DLC for the first game or the second game, it actually adds value to the third game, which I think is really, really neat. Yep. Um, here's here's something. Anytime this gets mentioned, I get a little bit triggered. But Elite Dangerous console development is halted, so developers can focus on PC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this game this game annoys the the freaking crap out of me i mean <laughs> it, it don't get me wrong it's a beautiful game and it's got a beautiful space sim component to it with like their flight model and space like co you know combat type stuff there's just the 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 grind is so freaking like like repetitive it it is just ridiculous i i there's no real physical sense of ownership to me in this game either. Like, it doesn't feel like you're doing anything for any real, like, purpose other than, like, this is cool. Um, so if you enjoy the game, great. I just... Uh, I really wish they would put a little bit more game in their game. So, anyway. Mm. Yeah, well, I, I was more uh, upset. I mean, everything you said, yes. But I was also upset that people who paid for the console game are kind of getting the shaft here. Yeah. Um, it's not clear if they're going to go back and, and port, you know, future PC uh, content back to these consoles or not. So uh, I don't know, maybe they didn't sell well on console, but it's pretty disappointing. I thought to see this. Yep. Shame. Four years after the its final, air quotes, patch, uh, Chrono Trigger on PC is getting a new update, which includes ultra-widescreen support. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, I assume this is because they're doing uh, the the Chrono, what, Chrono Cross remake, 
Um, so they wanted to polish up Chrono Trigger a little bit, but yeah, that's to fine. Look forward to. Yeah, that's not bad. Uh, we we all played a little bit of Lost Ark. I know uh, our our partner in crime, uh, Alien Pickle, probably played it the most. Uh, Lost Ark though has over twenty million players globally, which for a free to play title is is pretty good. Um, good for some, them. Yeah, they had some <laughs> launch issues, but you know, uh, people seem to be enjoying it. Speaking, Speaking of, of issues. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, take, go ahead. Take this one. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah just as you're going to take a drink. Oh, uh, yeah. World of Warcraft's next expansion will be revealed in April. And I believe it was what? April 18th, I think, is the date. I saw like I saw that. I saw the date. Let me reopen this real quick and, and find out. But there was a April 19th. That's what it is. Um, I was close. Um, you know, in the realm of Price is Right, uh, I would have probably won. But um, <laughs> there's there's some stuff going on with the whole entirety of the Warcraft stuff. So um, they're going to be doing some things with Hearthstone. Uh, it's going to be getting some expansions. They're doing stuff with uh, Warcraft and the mobile game with the World of Warcraft mobile stuff that they're trying to do. Um, and then, of course, there's an expansion for World of Warcraft on the PC on uh, coming. It's going to be announced on the 19th, I guess. Um, it, it'll be interesting because there's been a lot of criticism of the and and all of Blizzard and Activision's, you know, uh, other problems aside. The game side of things for a while has not been uh, in good spirits for quite a while now. I think there have been a lot of people that have been upset with the direction of where they're going with it. There's been a lot of people upset with the direction of how they've handled the classic launches. There's been, there's just been a whole lot of like, you know, Blizzard, what are you doing with this game kind of thing. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with this stuff. Some people have some optimism, you know, those, those diehard fans have some optimism that maybe some things will improve with a new expansion, but uh, only time will tell. We're just going to have to sit back, wait and see. Yeah. Fingers crossed that they, they kind of pull it back to a place where people are enjoying the game again. Uh, speaking of enjoying a, a game that's had some trouble, um, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines was an Activision release that was uh, clearly rushed out. It had a ton of interesting ideas and, and cool content, but it was horribly, horribly broken. And the community has really spent the last, what, 15, 20 years uh, fixing this game. Uh, the fan patch is now at 11.1. And uh, they, on GOG, if you buy this game, you get like a basic version of the fan patch that fixes problems. But the uh, one that you get from ModDB actually has even more content added and restored to it. So uh, something to look forward to. One of the cool things about the game, if you're familiar with Masquerade, uh, Vampire the Masquerade at all, there are all these different factions, clans, and the game lets you pick which clan you want to be and your experience is vastly different and your character is vastly different if you play uh, with with the different clans. One of the clans is known for being sort of insane and all your dialogue choices are just completely batshit. Uh, they make no sense at all. So like you get to just have these fun uh, role-playing experiences in the game, which is one of the things that really impressed me about it. It reminds me, did you remember in Fallout 1 and 2, if you did low intelligence, um, you could you got unique dialogue choices. Like that was the reward for doing uh, 0 to 3 or 1 to 3 int, I think it was. 
So um, kind of the same thing with this. Hmm. Well, let's talk a little bit about Halo for a minute. Um, so Halo, the Halo games will not run, at least right now, on the Steam Deck. Um, there's some, there's some possibility it might might run in the future, but for the moment, they 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 don't run on the Steam Deck. Um, but uh, Halo Infinite co-op uh, coming sometime uh, in season two with other fixes much sooner, uh, presumably. Um, the campaign co-op has been delayed. Um, infinite multiplayer might be getting seasonal story content. All that's really nice, but the problem is, is there's been a lot of fans that have been not happy with the game. Um, there's been a lot of posts on uh, the Halo subreddit of people showing their, their gameplay footage of uh, massive desync issues where you know a player will uh shoot at an at an opponent repeatedly and with enough force to kill the person maybe once or twice and yet the other player will turn around and like one shot them or turn around and do some weird thing where they like use the gravity hammer from further away than it's supposed to be used and still you know kill the other player um, there's just a lot of weird instances of desync issues, and apparently 343 says that's uh, going to be a harder thing to fix, and it might not be something that they can fix, presumably. Um, it's, it's, it, it's not looking good for Halo Infinite's, like, multiplayer community. Uh, but good news is, is, uh, the Master Chief Collection still exists, so go have fun. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> sure. Well, and, and, and the reason that the game does not work on uh the steam deck is because of the cheat anti-cheat technology not working under linux uh valve was trying to get that ported over to linux as well uh, you can install windows on the steam deck and play uh halo that way although performance won't be quite as good speaking of the steam deck uh and compatibility <laughs> uh bungie announced that they will ban destiny 2 players who are trying to get the game working on uh the, the steam deck under linux which is kind of a a little unfortunate so, I, I, I think that's a little harsh that's a little harsh in my opinion apparently though if you do it on the windows side of the steam deck you'll be fine yep. but um the the um this is just a telling thing i was watching an interesting overview of this from um another tech youtuber who was talking about this kind of just reveals a little bit of the fact of all of the data mining that the Destiny 2 like a game is really doing is dependent upon with the Windows side of things that they can't do on the Linux mm. side. Um it, yeah, there's some there's some there's some shenanigans going on there that I think um are a little telling. So but anyway. Well, one thing I'll be interested to see is if the community comes up with a solution for dual booting between Windows and Linux on the I Steam was Deck. actually curious about that too. I was really curious yeah. about that too. I wonder if like you can do it where like you load in like an SD card and it like you can like hot swap or I don't know. Um hopefully we'll get some some solution for that because I I wouldn't mind paying for a Windows license for it to you know to be able to play certain games and just stay in Linux for for the majority of the time. It could potentially be challenging because of the nature of the size of the onboard drive for where the yeah. OS is. So you might need the larger drive in order to do it properly. But it wouldn't surprise me if someone came up with a way to do it. I think that'd be pretty. It would certainly add a lot of value to the Steam Deck. So we'll we'll keep our fingers crossed. Um, 
Speaking of value, Game Pass continues to deliver. Uh, if you are not a subscriber and you are a gamer, you should seriously get your head examined because <laughs> uh, Game Pass is, is just fantastic. Uh, specifically, though, we're getting uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, which is one of the best story games, uh, storylines in a game that I have played uh, in the last, you know, five years, probably. It was really, really fun. Uh, we're also getting Kentucky Route Zero, which is a um, very creepy, kind of weird uh, adventure game, similar to the Telltale games, uh, which is pretty well regarded. So some things to look forward to. Let's Do you see remember here. Alice, uh, the Madness Returns at all? Uh, I, I think I played part of it once a long time ago, but that's about it. Yeah, it was kind of a neat, you know, Al, um, what's the guy's name? McGee, uh, American McGee, uh, did it. And he was famous for working on some of the Doom Quake games, I think, uh, if I remember correctly. And uh, it was a creepy, you know, Alice in Wonderland. You played as Alice, but you were, you know, basically uh, trapped in Wonderland again. Uh, the game is back on Steam after being delisted five years ago. So uh, if you have any interest, this is kind of a neat piece of gaming history. You can go back and give that a shot now on Steam. So nice to see it, it available again. Heck yes. Um... You know, you gotta, you gotta love, you gotta love it, man. Skyrim has been around for such a long time. It's received so many mods and it's received so much praise that they've, you know, they've done their super duper anniversary, whatever edition that included all these community mods into it. Well, now there's this new immersive Skyrim mods that give bandits 500 more things to say. <laughs> Well, you know, and, and, you know, you kind of get to the point where, you know, the, the 20 voice lines that, that the different, uh, enemies have to say. So this is, you know, probably something worth, worth having if you've played a lot of Skyrim. Yeah. Things that might surprise you, you know? So yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Sifu is a interesting kind of ninja style game. Um, it has now a batman mod as well as bruce lee jackie chan neo and daredevil uh you can basically become those people uh you can even fight agent smith if you want uh to have the full neo experience nice uh, yeah so they're definitely having fun with it this game is on playstation as well but obviously the mods are just on the pc so uh, keep an eye out for that if that's interesting. Xbox got an update. Uh, the system update adds the ability to pin games to quick resume. So if you're kind of constantly flipping back to a game that you want to be able to get into quickly, uh, you can can lock it in memory so you can instantly boot it up, essentially. And yeah, that's actually now you can nice. Yeah, you can remap the share button to do something else, like open your friends list, open the achievements list. That's nice. Um, it's nice that you can remap. It. It's nice that they're actually doing remapping at all. Like, that's really yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah, well, they added some new actions that the Elite Series 2 and the Adaptive Controller can do now because they have a couple extra buttons. Um, so, you know, just cool that... that they're continuing to improve the Xbox experience. They also added an audio setup wizard to help you 
uh, kind of get get your audio sounding optimal on the Xbox. So very cool. Well, if you didn't think um, if you didn't think it was brutal enough, Dying Light 2's patch 1.2 to add brutality pack. Um, yeah, the zombies in the game are, are kind of gross enough. I I'm, I can't quite imagine what uh what we need dismemberment animations and blood splatter effects for, which are two of the headline features of this brutality. Yeah, um, that's 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 interesting. I I mean, Dying Light Two is fun. I I don't know. I it just doesn't do it enough for me i think i think it's the co-op that is where it's at for me on that one that's certainly what the original dying light uh uh you know made its its success on was the fact that you could play co-op and do basically the entire game in in co-op so <laughs> speaking of fun co-op experiences we've got a uh, some interesting updates for sea of thieves they added new rewards sea forts um you can conquer the 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 sea forts, but they're um, a little bit shorter, easier challenges than the regular forts now. Um, have you gotten a chance to get into season six at all yet? Not yet. This is this is content I was actually looking forward to. So I'm actually looking forward to hopping in with somebody and uh, trying to go see what what we can do. Yeah, this is out now. So right. have at it, folks. Well. What what are we doing this afternoon, Mollified? Uh -huh. maybe maybe. Oh, maybe some uh some sailing. Uh just a, a couple updates. We're now that um GTA is getting ported to the new current modern fast gen whatever consoles, Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5. Uh the standalone release of GTA online is 95 gigabytes for the Xbox Series X. So time to maybe make some space on your uh, memory card for that. And <laughs> GTA 5 on the Series X has three graphics modes, improved visuals, and more. Uh, that more includes faster loading times, the ability to migrate your characters from the older Xbox version. Uh, but they're talking about, you know, 4K, Ray tracing. So, so at like this that. at this point, GTA Five is like Rockstar's version of Skyrim. It sure is. Yep. With the added, you know, bonus of online, which does make it, you know, a little more interesting, perhaps, than Skyrim. But you can also buy the online individually. You don't even need the online portion of things. Like that's the that's the thing about right. it. Like, yeah. It is. It is interesting that way. Um, Age, um, of, Age of Empires. Uh, I really like this. Sorry, I sorry to cut you off, but I'm really no, excited no, no, about no. this. Age of Empires 4 Season 1 will be the first major update for 2022 for this game. And if you have not really played through Age of Empires 4, I need to jump back into this because I was getting pretty far into it. I really dig the campaign for this game, like, a lot. Uh, it's very entertaining. It's very much... I was a, I was a consumer of the old school, like, History Channel right where they mm. actually would show a lot of historical like battles and like uh knowledge based stuff rather than reality TV that it's kind of turned into today um so if you're if you're if you're really into the actual like history of a thing it's more than just the gameplay that's here there's a lot of actual like cool history stuff and i've been getting into watching uh the new uh, Vikings Valhalla show which is a sequel show to the other Vikings mm -hmm. um 
And while they're not exactly 100% accurate in history, um, because for those who don't know, like in in the original Vikings, you had, um, you had, um, oh, who, God, wow, I can't believe I just did this. This happened to me. Ragnar. So Ragnar is like the main, like when the show starts and, you know, he has his son Bjorn Ironside and his brother Rolo and stuff like that. But the character of Rolo and Ragnar in actual Viking history didn't even know each other. They were in two different parts of Viking history. They they take place during two different eras of Viking history. Uh, those those two people, and so um, you know that's the kind of thing. So it's like it's it's mostly accurate history, but like with some fun twists to it to kind of make it an entertaining show, if you will. Um, and so the new Vikings Valhalla is very similar to that too. So it's very like, there's a lot of, there's, you know, a lot of actual historical battles in the show, but they put some fun TV fictional spins on things just for fun, just to kind of keep it different, keep it, you know, whatever going on. So, um, so know that going into, if you're going to watch the show, but watching age of empires Four or playing age of empires Four feels a lot like that. You're getting a lot of the fun gameplay, but some history or some real history in there with it too, which is a lot of fun. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I tried watching the first Vikings, uh, show with my wife and she, she couldn't handle the violence, but, uh, I haven't had a chance to really get into it. Yeah. There's, there's, there's a little, there's a little, if you can get past some of the, 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 the pretty grotesque violence, uh, the story is really good though. So I really like it. I, the violence doesn't bother me, to be clear. <laughs> so I'm I'm all for it. But yeah, I just haven't had a chance to get. Well, to if it. you need if you need a watching partner, let me know. I'll watch it with you. All right. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, your the dream may be coming true, my friend. Million bucks. Uh, no, uh, we may <laughs> finally be getting the Fallout New Vegas sequel that everyone's been craving since the game came out. Oh, that dream. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, very specifically, uh, Microsoft now owns all of the attendant studios that worked on Fallout New Vegas. And so uh, they are considering a sequel, supposedly. Very early stages, but uh, definitely promising that we might get uh, another it. Fallout New Vegas. Do uh, it. All right, let's hey, get into the retro hey, news. Table, table. Yes. Uh, we don't like to talk politics on the show, and I won't spend a ton of time uh on this but uh there is some world events going on uh the people of ukraine are are being invaded by their neighbors and the russians and uh a lot of people are choosing to support the ukraine uh yeah charities and things it, and help i out. think i think hio has a big bundle for ukraine kind of a thing going on yeah yeah, yeah, for like 10 bucks you get almost a thousand uh games and and content pieces of content for like tabletop and things with that. But uh actually we we got a very surprising uh bit of charity. John Romero, uh one of the original designers of the Doom games, uh released a new Doom 2 level for a few bucks and all the proceeds go to uh the Red Cross for Ukraine. So that was kind of an interesting uh, thing. And if you're a fan of Doom, it's sort of, you know, amazing to have John Romero, who has not done any Doom 2 content since the game released, uh, for him to step up and, and finally do something with it. It's kind of cool. 
Yeah, so I think you have to go to his website to get this. Is that correct? That is correct, yeah. And it's billed in, like, euros, I think. Yeah, it's five euros donation. So yep. uh, that's about seven, seven, eight bucks American. That's not bad. I like it. Yeah. I played the first little bit of it, and, and it was hard. So I don't know if that's speaking to my Doom skills after all these years being a little rusty. Or uh, the actual level, but I found it pretty challenging. So well, that's fun. I, I appreciate that kind of stuff, though. Yeah, well, and it goes to a good cause. I think even, even whatever your beliefs on the issue in Ukraine, there are cert- it's certainly not. You can't deny well, that the people of Ukraine are suffering. Right? Well, and this isn't going to go to fund like the war effort. This is going to most most of the stuff out there is to help fund humanitarian causes to help the innocent civilians. Yes. And so that no matter where you kind of fall on the spectrum there, you know, the civilians, you know, do need support and help in either case. So for sure, um, this is what's important there. So that's something worth um, supporting. In my, yeah. in my, in our opinion, we're not saying that you should or shouldn't do that. We, we just like it over here at Otherworlds GG. Absolutely, helping helping people is never a bad thing. So, um, do you remember the Gold Box D and D games from back in the the early DOS days? Uh, I do actually. Yeah, they they were extremely popular. One of a very faithful adaptation of what second uh second edition uh D and D generally, I believe. And uh, they are coming back. They're going to be on Steam soon. So that's something to look for if you're a fan of those classic games. I feel like they were already on GOG, some of them. But this is going to be... Uh, yeah, like Eye of the Beholder and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But this is going to be eight different collections that span the entire uh, wealth of early DOS D&D games. So um <clears throat> well, should be is... pretty cool. This is really cool. I I like that they're including some of that gold box artwork and some of the the promotional stuff too here. Um, um, yeah, absolutely. Well, it brought those games to life, right? The the box art was a big part of it uh, originally. Yep. All right. What else we got here? Well, uh, somebody came out with a proof of concept kind of demo of running Vita games natively on the Switch. So uh, rather than building like a virtual Vita that runs in software, this is actually translating when a game says, you know, uses a, a command for 3D or 2D graphics or sends something to CPU. There's just a very thin translation layer that's very, very fast. And that translates those commands to run on the switch. So uh, this is very similar, actually, to how Proton on Linux is able to run Windows games. Because when you make a Windows API call, it just changes it into the equivalent Linux API call. So uh, pretty crazy that that this is working. And we actually have uh, some stuff from the Vita running natively on the switch. Now, obviously, you're going to have to homebrew, enable your switch to do this. But uh, pretty, pretty darn exciting, I think, to uh, see something like this come out. I mean, the Vita was still one of my favorite uh, handheld consoles from back in the day. So, Absolutely. I missed the Vita bandwagon, and it was one of those things where, like, I wish I had gotten on it at the time. 
Um, it was so expensive for what it was, though. I mean, I, I loved it, but, like, it was not a cheap system. Well, I mean, for one thing, though, like, the we've talked about this on the show, you know, Nintendo's constant change of their technology, right? So, like, they, mm. they, they come out with, like, the Game Boy, and it's, like, the Game Boy Plus, and it's, like, the Game Boy Plus Plus, and you're just like, well, would you stop, like... Why why do I have to keep buying new hardware in order to like keep playing these new games that you want to put out? It's just like I feel like you know cuz they did like the new uh 3D XL or whatever one is yep. that came out with a little nub on it and I feel like they only did that for like a couple of games that they needed to have have it cuz yep. nothing else actually needed it and you're just like you you guys suck, you know that? <laughs> like... Yeah, well and and they even had uh Kid Icarus I remember came with a thing where you popped your pre-new like the, the the original 3ds into it and it had the right stick and shoulder buttons that were missing from the old 3ds but that there was like one game that used it and then when they came out with the new 3ds they just ported it to use the new 3ds controls which were basically the same thing terrible and yeah well, nintendo certainly can be frustrating that way um, we didn't have it as a news story, but it's worth mentioning that the eShop for the um, 3DS and Wii U is gone. Uh, they've shut it down, so you can't get any of those games anymore, uh, which is kind of unfortunate. But one piece of good news is the 3DS is really easy to enable for homebrew if you want to go that route. So um, something to to think about. But uh, yeah, the Vita games, there's some great games on the Vita. It'd be really cool to see them live on. Um, and the Vita was hardware compatible with the PSP. So you're not just getting all the Vita games with this, you're potentially getting all the PSP games as well. So that'll be... Those U, those those UMDs or whatever those things were called, those... Uh, <laughs> yep. Oh, uh, God. The mini discs, yeah, oh, those geez. little tiny... I can't well, believe even had movies. I, well, I was going to say I can't believe there was a market for films to be put onto that format for this. Yeah, thing. I was like, oh, this is oh the poor PSP man. Oh Sony, yeah. you silly silly <laughs> goose. All right, well, and it used their proprietary memory stick format. Oh, it was just, terrible. Yeah, friggin' Sony. All well, right, so F Zero X. You know, I'm really excited about this. Like, I, we were talking before the show about some of the Switch games and Nintendo stuff doing more, um, uh, doing more to support their existing or like at least uh, some of their newer games to to do online stuff or new online content. So, F Zero X is now available on Switch's uh, online expansion pack. So, with uh, four player online support too, just to boot. So. Yeah, that was the part that that was surprising me. This isn't just a simple, let's take the ROM and drop it in an emulator. They actually wired up, you know, online play for this, even though it's, you know, a a classic game, so to speak. Nintendo Uh, needs to keep moving in this direction. They really need to keep doing this. And if if they continue this up, they're going to make me a believer again. They're they're starting to with some things, but like if they can, can continue to move in this direction, I really feel like they're going to make me a believer. So well, and there's this is this is an N sixty four game to be clear, right? And there are so many great local co op, local multiplayer N sixty four games that would be fantastic to play online with friends. And huh. so I really hope this is like the beginning of a trend, as you say. I, I hope so. I hope so. 
Well, let's uh, let's get into some VR stuff here. We got we got plenty of time. Let's get into some D, uh, VR stuff here. So, uh, wow, there's actually some pretty decent VR stuff going on in here. Um, yeah, yeah, there's some exciting news. Uh, Demio is a um, multiplayer Dungeons and Dragons style, you know, dungeon crawl. There's an NPC that plays the dungeon master, and then all the players are actually around a table, and you move your little figure in VR on the game table. Uh, it has multiplayer support, and they're introducing a PC version as well, meaning no no VR required. Uh, and basically, they just announced that if you own the VR version, you're going to get the PC version for free on whichever platform you bought it on. So if you bought it on Steam, you'll get the Steam version. If you bought it on Oculus, you'll get the Oculus uh, Store version that does not require VR. So that's pretty cool. All right, Resident Evil 7 VR mod will add motion controls. Uh, new gameplay has been revealed for this. So again, if you're uh, wanting that crap your pants experience that Mellified talk about, <laughs> then go have fun with that. Yeah, so. and to be clear, the game Resident Evil 7 had a VR mode exclusive to PlayStation. It was right. only available for PSVR. So this is taking uh, the PC version and modding in uh, VR support. So. Yeah, uh, and your rooster is all for it. Yeah, the roosters are very excited about Resident Evil. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> um, what else we got here? Uh, Beat Saber Surprise launches new arc and chain notes. Um, I uh, apparently he's into VR. Um, very so, excited. So Beat Saber, Beat Saber is an interesting, um, an interesting application. I don't appreciate the limited value, though, that Beat Saber offers. Where Beat Saber shines is if you can modify it to add in all of your own custom stuff to the game. I feel like that's where really Beat Saber kind of can shine. I've seen I've seen somebody who's had one modded up that had, like, thousands of songs and all kinds of different, like, map tracks and, uh, you know, things going on in it. That, that to me, made the, uh, uh, the stuff shine, but... Uh, there's apparently some new Beat Saber music and mechanics uh, that are going to be released. So, uh, OST five featuring six exclusive free songs, new gameplay mechanic, which is that arc and chain notes that we were talking about, new lighting system environment, thirty six new maps in total. Um, which is uh pretty interesting that they're finally doing this. They're they're adding in their own content, which is going to be nice um yeah they're also uh you they added a level editor a while back so they've added some more things you can put in the in your levels with this update so i mean it's cool that they're still you know cranking away on this game and and giving people uh free stuff for it so seems like it's one of those games everybody owns on vr if they have vr Speaking of a game that everybody should own, Half-Life Alex is uh Valve's big VR title. It's really good. Um, it is. It is excellent. And that has led to a couple of interesting mods for it. One is a fan campaign that brings Nova Prospect from Half-Life 2 into VR so you can explore it uh including, you know, combine soldiers and all kinds of stuff. The other thing that somebody did is a Bioshock mod 
where you, it actually takes Half-Life Alex and converts it into a Bioshock experience in Rapture, which I thought looked really cool. They're, they've got a huge part two for that coming out very soon. Chapter two. So. Nice. Um, I'm, I should probably check those out, but what I really want to check out is, is there is a fan doing a remake of Star Wars Jedi Knight 2 Jedi Outcast in VR and the gameplay footage of this was freaking fantastic. Um VR I feel like is the perfect environment to make a Star Wars game because the mechanics for VR are very similar to using like Jedi powers and the Force and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. the uh, the fact that they, you know, someone's doing a remake in VR of this game is just really awesome. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of the classic sound effects that are in there that I was noticing. Um, some of the, um, um, animations with like the contact with a lightsaber and like a wall and like the melting stuff, they were showing cutting of boxes and then picking up the chunk of the box and throwing it and, uh, stuff like that. So it was pretty cool. I'm really excited to to see this. Yeah. I mean, this is one of the classic, uh, you know, Star Wars games too. So it's definitely worth, uh, picking up and playing, I think. All right, uh, so go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, uh, do you like Wolfenstein? Are you a Wolfenstein fan? Yeah, I remember I was doing a full playthrough of the modern Wolfenstein game uh, to catch up on the series and kind of get the history. It's not often talked about, but Return to Castle Wolfenstein, Wolfenstein, and then the modern uh, Wolfenstein blood bad blood or whatever it is I yeah yeah, the yeah, subtitle. yeah but those games are one continuous story like the storyline from return to castle wolfenstein from 2003 or whatever it is is the beginning of a story arc that carries through all of those games and so uh this is the first one of that that series got ported to quest uh-huh. and it just got a big performance boost so you can basically take the original files out of the steam version put them into your quest uh, if you've homebrew enabled it using SideQuest, and you can play uh, Return to Castle Wolfenstein in VR on your quest. Yeah, that's pretty slick. I like that. And it's free if you have the game, so check it out. So here's this This next one's a little funny. I, I kind of chuckle at this, but Valve, uh, Valve Standalone VR hints uh, Gabe Newell wants tetherless VR. Well... You know, Gabe. That, so do you, we. You know, <laughs> you know. I think, I think, I think you're on to something. Um, <laughs> well, um, I, yeah, yeah. Oh boy, Gabe. I mean, it it already exists, brother. Come on, man. Get with the times. Uh, yeah. Well, and and it's interesting because uh, the Oculus Quest now is over fifty percent of the VR headsets being used on Steam. So clearly, people like that option. Now, you know, people can play tethered as well. And I do it sometimes if I'm playing seated because I don't want to worry about my battery uh, right. dying. So I have sure. the, the USB-C cable plugged in. But uh, absolutely, gosh, get 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 us wireless index. Like, I'm all for it. Make it happen, Gabe, please. Yeah, I, I love the Quest in that, like, it is the best of both worlds. It's got its own independent thing so you can travel with it. And then you can also use it with your computer. And 
The nice thing about using it with your computer is, is you don't have to be limited to whatever is just on Steam. Any 3D application you have on your PC will work. And yep. so yep. Um, any VR, I said 3D, any VR application you have on your well, PC yeah. will work. Well, um, so you, you weren't wrong, though. You can play 3D games sure. on a flat screen in VR. Sure. I mean, it's sure. Not, well, but yeah. I mean, like specifically, like there's stuff that I think you can get from like itch and there's stuff that you can get, um, I think, yes. from a few other places that are VR games that you can also play when you have this, con you know, wirelessly. Uh, Ubisoft, so. you can play uh, the, the Star Trek uh, Bridge Crew. They've got uh -huh. a couple other VR games on yep. Ubi. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of content. And even if you have the game, one of the things I love about the Quest uh, is if you buy the game, a lot of them are cross-buy with the PC version. So you get the benefit of having it native on the Quest, so you can take it with you. But if you want better graphics, if you want you know more immersive experience, you can play the PC version when you're sitting at home in front of your computer. And you, know, you get both best of both worlds, like you said. All right. PlayStation VR 2 is going to be getting a release set for quarter one of 2023. So if you are in the Sony PlayStation VR camp and you're looking for something new for that PlayStation 5, uh, it's coming. So at least that's what they say. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, something to look forward to. Um, more. The thing is, the VR ecosystem is so small, the more hardware there is the more games we're going to get the more content we're going to get because they can't afford to be exclusive they've got to put it you know these things on on pc and console to make money all right got a couple <sighs> pieces of nintendo news the did you realize the switch is now five years old does that seem possible yeah that doesn't surprise me at this point because i remember it came out when we were in our first apartment so i mean uh, back in North Carolina, so yeah, not not surprised here. I think yeah, it's well, I think it's I think it's interesting that it's only five years old, considering that uh, they've already come out with an upgraded version of it with the OLED um, switch. Um, but I think I think um, I think it's uh, it's what, what's the word I'm looking for. It's easy to forget sometimes that the Switch is out there at times because you don't always hear about some new uh, ridiculous game with the exception of every now and then you'll hear about like, oh, the new Animal Crossing, and then you hear nothing about it other than Animal Crossing or the new Metroid Dread that came out that was really mm -hmm. good, and then you hear nothing about it but for that for a while. And then there's like um, the new Pokemon game that came out, and it's just like you hear nothing other than that new Pokemon game, and that's like you only hear about those one big hitters every... I mean, you hear about the other stuff, but, like, really, when whenever you think about the Switch, it's usually that one big story that comes out, and then, like, it's... And so, um, yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah, it'll, you know, it's interesting to kind of look back and, and see the, the evolution of it. I, you mentioned that there have been two versions, but if you count, there's actually four. Sure, the original. That's, that's true they did the battery uh, improved version, which was like a die shrink uh, on the CPU. So it was more efficient. They did the switch light, which was the non docking version and now the OLED version. So it's uh they've, they've Nintendoed it, right? Like, like we we're talking about with the 3ds, they've Nintendoed it. No question. Um, but uh, that said, they did mention, uh, we talked about this last show that, that they're saying that they're halfway through their life cycle. They figure. 
So we're not going to be seeing a new switch uh, probably for a few more years. All righty. Um, speaking of the big, the one big game that the switch has, it seems like it for every, every uh, month or so uh, triangle strategy, which is the uh, horribly named square Enix uh, strategy game that just came out on switch uh, is getting rave reviews. So uh, something to look forward to if you do own a switch and like that kind of uh, turn-based strategy, there's some uh, something new for you. Nice. What's going on in the PlayStation world, brother? Uh, Gran Turismo 7, kind of the big daddy of racing games on the PlayStation, uh, just came out. It's got a PS4 and PS5 version. Uh, looks, I mean, beautiful. To, you know, all credit credit where credit's due. Uh, it looks beautiful, especially on the PS5. But um, a lot of people were comparing this to Forza Horizon 5. And... I think that's really an unfair comparison because Gran Turismo is a track racing game. So you are driving on, you know, courses that exist in the real world with real cars uh, and you're doing laps. Forza Horizon, you are driving anywhere you want in a virtual Mexico, right? So it's a very, very different game. And I think, you know, people forget that you can uh, really do a lot more if you only have the, the track and that, very specific area to worry about versus an entire world. Huh. Yeah, I can't say I'm I'm looking forward to Gran Turismo, honestly. It doesn't does not get my interest going at all. I do not like tra track racing games. It just doesn't interest me, but like I love Horizon because it is open world and I can go do different things and I can do different types of events, you know. Well, and I would like to see more of the in the Horizon world. I'd like to see them almost kind of combine the the official and the open world stuff almost into like a like mm. a, for like Forza Horizon universe kind of a thing. So it's like you know one game. Well, it's kind of like what they do with Call of Duty, right? You got like the War Zone, then you have the campaign, mm. and then you have. It'd be nice to see some kind of like unified thing between the two of those. Is what I'm getting at. But anyway, yeah, that would be cool. Um, uh, so we've, we've talked about their services, Sony services a number of times. Um, but PS now games leaving service with minimal notice, uh, from Sony. Um, that's, that's kind of goofy considering that like on, on, um, Xbox with the, the game pass, there's like a huge big notice there about like games leaving soon. And so like, you're very much aware of when their like departure date is going to be to give you time to either a finish playing it or B, go ahead and buy it at a discount so you can finish playing it, or whatever right. it is. Yeah. Uh, PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now subscriptions are going to be merging uh, ahead of a rumored... Um, uh, Spartacus. Spartacus. Yes. Um, that, that's their the code name for their rumored Game Pass competitor. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I think I think they have an option here to really compete with Microsoft if they play their cards right and if they provide a similarly good service at a decent price. So that's going to be the hard part. At least according to the rumors, there's three tiers to it, uh, and you get at the top tier a EA Play like demo of new releases, but not 
brand new full releases from Sony. So that's a very different proposition than getting every Bethesda game, every Microsoft game, every Obsidian game, you know, as part of the subscription. Um, so we'll see. I'm, I'm interested. I, I have a PS Now and PS Plus subscription. So if I could combine those and save a little money, I'd, I'd sure be happy about that. Uh, PlayStation is apparently going to be bringing back a couple of their classic franchises. Uh, Sly Cooper, which was the uh, thieving raccoon platformer, uh, and Infamous, which was a uh, combat adventure game. I'm, I'm blanking on whether it was first or third person. Um, I feel like it was third person. So I really enjoyed Infamous Second Son, which is one of the early PS4 titles. Uh, that was a lot of fun to play. So uh, hopefully we'll get some good games out of this. Yes, indeed. Well, I think that's going to do it for the game news this time. But we, uh, we're we going to continue doing some news stories and some other chats in our next episode. So be sure to check out the next episode to get the full rounded version of all of our news. Um, and then some. We're gonna, we'll have some more fun fun things to discuss in the next episode. So... Come on over to our Discord at discord.otherworlds.gg for all of these things and more. We love playing games with people, so come on, play some games with us. We just had a community night this last Thursday in which we played uh, Supreme Commander, so that was a lot of fun. Had a few hours of fun with that one. Uh, we played on one of their big epic maps, and oh boy, that was that was intense. <laughs> um, and so uh, be sure to check all that stuff out. Uh, we try to we try to do community nights as as often as we can on Thursdays if we if we can. Um, sometimes uh, I don't always get to the trigger in time to let everybody know that we're doing something. But come and hang out in the Discord and you know maybe spin up something yourself. Do uh, do host host a game night for the community if you want. Well, you're more than welcome to come and do that. Um, we have a minecraft server still that's a lot of fun mm -hmm. so go check that out and i think we actually have an unreal tournament server i gotta go check on that one we might go ahead and spin that one down for a little while if we haven't already but um come on by so we'll see you guys in the next episode this has been episode number 52 yeehaw